the kingdom of heaven is like five gorgeous little very strange mysterious stories but before we look at them in any detail we have to remember that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven and those of us who have been in church for a long time this phrase just sort of rolls off like water off a duck's back doesn't it we've heard it so many times Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven uh, we think that it, Luke and, and Mark and John call it the kingdom of God we think that Matthew called it the kingdom of heaven because it was a very Jewish gospel written to good observant Jews and Jews don't want to use the a name for God because it's a, a sense that you understand what you're talking about and of course the divine is always a mystery so they tended to veer away from that so we think that's probably why Matthew chooses the word heaven but it's all about the same thing and of course the thing is the question is why does Jesus choose the word kingdom to talk about his message to talk about his project in the world the Jews already lived in a kingdom the most successful kingdom that they could imagine it was such a successful kingdom that it controlled the whole world and it became an empire Rome dominated the world and if you remember the uh, if you remember your classical texts you'll remember that in the life of Brian uh, Monty Python asked what have the Romans ever done for us and of course they list off all the things like the aqueducts the roads public sanitation wine and that's the kind of world they lived in there were Jews and we hear this story sort of half woven through the New Testament who wished the world was different and wished it was back when the days of Solomon when the country was run by Jews for Jews but Rome was a very successful place the Empire allowed for safe travel we wonder whether the Christian gospel would have gotten out into the world had it not been for Roman roads and Roman travel Paul we understand was a Roman citizen and he traveled all over the known world the Roman project worked it was a great kingdom it was a difficult kingdom because the Roman project was overwhelming force often without any fighting because people saw how overwhelming the Roman legions were and just gave up and allowed themselves to be taken over that led to unequivocal victory and that led to peace well at least a secession of violence which is not the same thing is it in fact the Roman historian Tatus said in the second century the Romans make a desert and call it peace but it was incredibly successful unless of course you were one of the at least a third maybe a half the population who were slaves and Rome didn't just conquer the known world the physical world it conquered the mental emotional and spiritual worlds they lived in a three-tiered cosmology everybody in the ancient world did the heavens was the highest part of the world and that was controlled by the gods the Romans so colonized the world that they made their rulers gods they called them gods after they died and that meant that the current ruler were the sons of God it was an all-encompassing empire 
So, reason for this kind of potted history lesson, of course, is that Jesus used that term. So whatever he was talking about was going to be something like the most successful kingdom that had ever been, the Roman Empire. Except what he says here is nothing like a kingdom. Where's the armies? Where's the strength and power? It must have completely confused Jesus' first hearers, and it ought to do the same for us. Because these five stories are about ordinary things. They're about fields and merchants. They're about seeds and fish and yeast. And they're so small. The stories themselves are really short, and the things they talk about are small. Seeds and yeast and fish. These are stories that speak against the empire. Whatever Jesus' project is, it's a project that is so different to the empire that it's seen as a threat to the empire. It's one of the reasons why Jesus ends up arrested in front of the Jewish authorities who were trying to keep the peace, trying to keep good relationships with Rome and in front of the Roman governor. But they're, also, they're not just stories against the Roman Empire. They're stories in favour of a completely different way of understanding the world. Small seeds in a field. Small yeast in flour. Small treasures in a vast field. A pearl, one pearl in a whole marketplace. A small net in a huge ocean. It's all about smallness, but it's also about potency. The story of the kingdom of, of heaven in these five stories is about change. A seed changes a patch of ground into a field. The yeast changes flour into dough and dough becomes bread. A treasure changes an ordinary field into a treasure house. And the pearl changes a merchant who spends his, all his time seeking into someone who's found, no longer needs to be searching. And a net, of course, changes a hostile environment into a larder, into a place of sustenance and abundance. Whatever Jesus' project is, it's not massive force and a kind of peace that's just a cessation of violence. It's not making a desert and calling it peace. Jesus was once asked in the Gospel of Luke by a bunch of Pharisees, when is the kingdom of God coming? And this is what he said. The kingdom of God, which Matthew would call the kingdom of heaven, is not coming with things. Not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Or another translation is, is within you. Whatever Jesus is talking about is already present in the world. The treasure is already and always has been hidden in the fields. The pearl has always been ready to be found. And yeast 
always infects all the dough, all the flour to become dough. What a different world we would live in if the Christian church had, in all the centuries that we've been in existence, told this story. We've been known for telling a story about morality, how you should shape up, how you should list all the things that are wrong with you, all the things where you fail yourself and others, and list them, and we do, and that's not a bad thing to do. But that's, if that's all we've done, then we become an organisation that is only available to people who've got their act together. So many times in my work in the life of the church, I've had people say to me, oh yeah, no, it's not, I'm not a, a, against church. In fact, I've been thinking maybe I would come to church, but I've really got to sort myself out first. Because the assumption is that church is full of people who've got it all together. People have got it all sorted out. What if we had said to people, you are a treasure hidden in a field. It's so hidden that you're a treasure hidden to yourself. You are being transformed by the yeast. It's an extraordinary idea that you put a small amount of yeast, some of you know I love to make bread, you put a small amount of yeast in a bunch of flour and every time it changes it. And what do you do? Nothing. People think, oh, making bread, that's really hard. It's not dead easy. You just bung it all in, you give it a quick mix and you shove it in the fridge. That's all you've got to do. And it does all the work for you. And it does all the work. Like there's not one part of the flour that doesn't have yeast in it and is completely transformed, full of air that grows into a, a big mound that when you put it in the oven and bring it out, it tastes fantastic. What if we were to tell that story? You already are the treasure hidden in the field. You already are full of the yeast that fills your life up with breath. CO2 is breath, isn't it? You already are, like last week's reading of the weed and the wheat, if you were around for that, you already are the good and the bad all mixed up together. But that will all be brought in in the story of the net and the good will be gathered and the bad will be gotten rid of. What if that's already true in you? What if our job is not to be the church that we think we remember from the 1950s when this place was full of people? Yeah, it'd probably be good if it was. Well, we could easily do that. It's not hard to get a room full of people. You just give people the thing that they really want. We could pay people to come to church, couldn't we? That would work. We could put on concerts that just happened to be, be the zeitgeist and so people would come... But what if not, it's not our job? What if it's not our job to have a statement of purpose, a strategic plan, all of those things? What if it's just to keep telling this extraordinary story that is written in these five little stories? That the work of God is already among you. It just is. Do you look like it? Well, no. I mean, most of you do, but I don't, not much of the time. But every now and then I shine. 
But it's still true whether I'm in it, in my head or not. It's still true that the yeast is still at work in me. The little seed is growing into the kind of tree that will attract the birds, the kind of place for community, for belonging. You already are the treasure hidden in the field. We already are the one that is being searched for. We are the pearl that the merchant is looking for. And you can flip these stories around. You are the one searching for authentic, meaningful experience of life. And it's there. And when you find it, of course, you give up everything else to experience it. What if we're telling, we're telling that story? Jesus didn't bring an army, nor did he bring a mission statement and a strategic plan and an organisation, nor did he bring a building, nor did he bring an institution or anything. He just brought a story told in so many different ways, like a diamond with different facets. And he told the story over and over again that was the kingdom of God, the true experience of the world, the experience of God present is present everywhere, all the time, always has been, always will be. All you ever need to do, if you do anything at all, is just notice it. The world is bursting outside of here. The trees are already getting buds on them. They'll do that whether you notice it or not. But how glorious will your life be if when you go home today you look at a tree and see the tiny buds beginning on it? The buds will still be there. Spring will will still happen when it's ready. But you can live in the fullness of it. You can live... The truth that it is already present in you, in us, all of us, those of us sitting here, those of us getting ready to go to the footy, those of us trying to wake up on a Sunday morning, doesn't matter. It's true everywhere, all the time. Look, here it is. No. There it is. No. For in fact, the kingdom is among you. The kingdom is within you. Amen.